0: Amsterdam. The Venice of the North is the capital of the Netherlands and is renowned for its historical attractions, amazing art, and its well-preserved old neighborhoods. It's one of the most culturally diverse cities on the planet, drawing more than 5,000 international visitors each year. Today, we'll be exploring Amsterdam with the general manager of the Hilton Amsterdam. And sharing the stage is Remy Orlemans, the creator and owner of Amsterdam's De Delhi & Bori Box, with his take on this incredible city. We are excited to explore this great European capital city on this episode of Destination Everywhere, Amsterdam.
1: Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over a hundred countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy.
2: Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along with Todd Bloodworth. We're excited to bring you Amsterdam this week. It's such a great, vibrant city in Europe and so much history. Todd, you've been there many, many times.
0: What do you remember the most? We did a couple of meetings at a few different hotels and at the convention center. And everything around the convention center, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's very walkable, lots of shops and restaurants. So for meetings and events, it's a perfect city to do it. But I just remember kind of walking around, kind of I had an expectation, and that expectation was much different. Not an expectation. What is it? uh, I had preconceived ideas of what I thought Amsterdam was, and it wasn't that at all. It's absolutely beautiful. It's historic. Again, lots of canals. I didn't realize there was that much water in Amsterdam. I don't know why. I thought it was a little drier, but it was just a beautiful city. And then, of course, I remember the Anne Frank House, and you hear the stories about the tree and the occupation. There's just a lot. You could talk about it for days, but every neighborhood is different, and it was a lot of fun.
2: All right. Well, the name Amsterdam actually derives from Amstel Dam, which was a dam that was built to control the flooding that was happening in the city. But it was originally just a small fishing village that expanded over the centuries to what it is today, which is one of the most important trade ports in Europe to some of the top financial
0: sectors in the world. So, uh, Todd... The city well, like over 700 years old, right? It's really old. And although it is the capital of the Netherlands, and obviously it's a Dutch country. So it's the Netherlands. The people are Dutch. Amsterdam is the capital. But the seat of government is actually located at The Hague. And I can also remember being a kid and hearing The Hague and thinking it was a specific place, but it's actually a city in yeah. Amsterdam. With the word the in front of it kind of voiced through me when I was growing up. And it also has just a ton of museums. It's got a lot of culture, a lot of history. The Van Gogh Museum is there. The Rembrandt House Museum is there. And of course, I mentioned the Ant Frank House. Just a wonderful, walkable city. Absolutely great.
2: Yeah, we're going to spend a lot of time. We've got two great guests. Let's talk about our first guest.
0: And we're going to be visiting the Hilton Amsterdam. Sure, we have. We're going to be right back. We're going to be speaking with Alessio Colavecchio, and he's the general manager of the Hilton Amsterdam. So we'll be right back.
2: Welcome back, everybody. This is Andy McNeil at Destination Everywhere, and we're so excited to have our next guest, Alessio Colavecchio, the general manager of the Hilton Amsterdam. Alessio,
3: welcome. Hi, Andy. Great to meet you again.
2: Yeah, great to see see you. We We love your city. We love your hotel. We've been there many, many times, and we wanted to share it with all of our guests, whether they're coming for a business meeting or whether they're coming just to see your beautiful, beautiful city, which I love so much. And I'm excited to talk to you because you've lived in many places. You've lived in Sicily, you've lived in Madrid. So I'm going to start there. I'm going to talk a little bit about just you personally and tell us a little bit about growing up in Sicily.
3: Well, yes, thanks. My home country, Italy, but actually we always like to say Sicilian, not Italian. It's quite a large island. All my family comes from there, grew up there, studied there. But since my 14, I had this, you know, in Italy, we get quite a long summer holidays, three months. And I was very bored. I liked to play to the church, et cetera. But when I was 13, 12, actually, I already wanted to work and in the kitchen. That was my dream, a cook, being a cook, being a chef. And my father brought me to this friend of him in Taormina, C, which is quite a touristic place. Yeah. Say that, listen, he wants to work. Please let him do something. But he wants to work in the kitchen. And the general manager said, no, you're crazy. There are temperatures which are absurd. He's 12 years old. This guy cannot do it. So that was my end of my cook and chef career. But then when I was 14, eventually I got into one of the hotels in Taormina. Every three months, every year, and I was doing a bit of everything, cleaning up, uh, bar, uh, restaurants, et cetera. Eventually I realized, well, that's what I want to do. I want to stay within the hotel business. And I was 22, 23, you know, great hotels, fantastic place, but not a lot of big chains. Career-wise, it's quite different. Let's put it in this way. And I moved to the Netherlands for my first time in 99. Uh, guess what? I started here at the Hilton Amsterdam as a waiter in the restaurant, the Italia restaurant, uh, Roberto. So that was my first job outside Italy was at the Hilton Amsterdam in 99. I stayed in and out within Hilton since then. And this is actually my fifth time. Fifth time I'm back at the Hilton Amsterdam now. Let's talk a little
2: bit about where it's actually located. Tell us about the neighborhood and what's special about it.
3: Yes, Hilton Amsterdam is... Uh, First of all, let me just say how small Amsterdam is, yeah? because it's important that we don't compare sizes of New York, London, where you really need to travel or uh, in the tube. And, yeah, and it's very, whatever. very
2: plain. Absolutely.
4: You
3: know, I imagine that from north, which is Central Station, to, let's say, how south, all south, which is where we are, is 25 minutes by tram. That's to give the idea of, and I always say, we always measure by bike, 20 minutes by bike.
2: <laughs> Bye-bye. A great biking uh, city for sure, absolutely.
3: For sure, uh, water and bikes. That's what uh, Amsterdam is all about. And Old South, so Hout South in Dutch, is where the hotel is located. Is in the Apollo land. Why I mentioned the name of the street? Because Apollo, Minerva, they were all area dedicated to the meets because this is the quarter, the the area of the 1928 Olympic Games. Oh, okay. Interesting. All the the streets have this name. In fact, the Olympic Stadium is just... uh, five, six minutes biking from the hotel. But also what is very important about this location is the proximity to everything. So if you are a business guest, uh, you are straight on walking, like 50 minutes walking, you are at the World Trade Center of Amsterdam from one side. If you walk on the other side for 10 minutes, you are in what we say regarding Spain, we're talking about Retiro at the Central Park. But yeah, we yes. also have our Central Park, which is called Fonder Park. And it's just seven, eight minutes towards South towards north. If you go east 10 minutes, you arrive to the most renewed museums of the Netherlands. So the Rijksmuseum, where the Rembrandt is, the Van Gogh Museum, the Stedelijk Museum, which is like a modern arts museum, and the concert hall. So that's very walking distance. From so your-
2: everything's in walking distance from the hotel.
3: Correct. Primarily. Yet uh, not very noisy, very residential feeling, very local feeling, rather than very, let's say, how noisy can be the city center of Amsterdam. But another thing of why I actually find it so special is where our lobby is. So okay. Our lobby is, if you will stand in our lobby, you will see there is a middle line. That's not a coincidence. The line is actually a historical line that is called the line of Berlage. Berlage was the architect in 1918. was in charge from the city council to develop the city of Amsterdam into south because what we call the semicircle canals were already full at the night, 1900. So where the lobby is, is where Mr. Berlag actually designed the whole development of Amsterdam into south. And as a matter of fact, if you stayed on this line, which is the line of the lobby, you will have no buildings in front of you until the ring of the highway which is around four or five kilometers. And if you go on our the Rx-Seldi lounge at the 10th floor and you still stay on this line, you will see that it was inspired by the lines of the states of New York. And in fact, as of the lobby of Hilton Amsterdam, the way of the development of the city from semicircles becomes the lines of the states. Oh, so, how interesting. It's an incredible story and is only one of it. But when we talk about location, we like to emphasize. How well located it is in terms of business, in terms of leisure, in terms of local leisure, local business, because we want to be a local hotel. So also our neighborhood is what we really care about.
2: Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about the history, because there's a lot of history with the hotel. And you guys have a connection. I love this. You have a connection with the Beatles, right? Well, it's behind me. <laughs> uh, there it is right there.
3: Th- that's my office. I cannot stop looking at them. John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Well, that was fantastic. I mean, 1969, uh, Imagine World was their marriage. They were traveling from UK to their dream, which was marrying and Seine in Paris, right? It was quite a controversial time. They were not always welcome at the time, the two. And actually, they were not allowed to marry in Paris. So they ended up in uh, Gibraltar, which was half English. And there, they didn't have any issue of pepper documentations, et cetera. So eventually they got married there, but they came back by car to Paris because they're where they spend their honeymoon. And then they wanted to go around promoting, using their honeymoon to promote their beliefs, right? The peace. And remember the Vietnam Absolutely, Vietnam War, peace and love. Absolutely. The, yeah, the, all that, the, what was happening at that time. And they drove from Paris to the Amsterdam-Milton. And these words I'm mentioning is not Alessio Coravecchio like mentioning, but it's actually what they, what he, John Lennon, mentioned in the lyrics of the song The Ballad of John e. Yoko. In this song, he describes exactly what happened. So we went from St. Pempton, through Paris to Gibraltar, through Paris to the Amsterdam Milton, talking for a week in bed about our beliefs and peace. So these are the lyrics of The Ballad of John e. Yoko. We are really invite. The audience to listen to is not very well known, but it's, you fall in love straight away when you hear about it. And they spent really one week in bed in the room 902 at that time.
2: It's room 902, everybody. Okay, we got it. I was going to ask that question.
3: No, it's 702. Oh, yeah, but 702. Time, okay. At that time, was 902 because the floors were counted differently. But it's exactly the same room in the same floor. And it's, it's the famous Animal Suite uh, 702. It's a fantastic story. And this suite is, of course, our gem, right, that is really representing our history, our hotel, and our beliefs as well, when we talk about how we see Hilton Amsterdam developing as well into the future.
2: Great. And let's talk a little bit about, a great story, by the way, and let's talk a little bit about the restaurant you have there, because it's always nice to have a really beautiful restaurant at the hotel you're staying at, and you guys certainly have that with yours.
3: Yes, that's called Roberto's, a name to a very famous general manager of this hotel, uh, Roberto Payer who started this restaurant. And what we like to, as I said, you know, we really like to be a place for the locals before having an hotel. Well, for,
2: that, that's uh, a sign of a great hotel, right? If you can cater to the locals, have a great restaurant and activities in and around the hotel, really sustains the hotel even during downtime and tour season, but also right. uh, makes it part of the community.
3: Correct. And it's all about pure Italian kitchen. It's simple as that. The Italian kitchen doesn't really exist because it exists regional kitchen Italy from north to south is very different.
2: Very different uh, so yeah. it really
3: promotes that idea of regional kitchen, very seasonal, the, the pure ingredients, so you don't need to mess too much around with ingredients. That's one of our beliefs. And the restaurant has been fully redone in 2010. At the time I was actually here as a director of operations and it's really inspired to the 50s, you know, the the golden oh, nice. times the Aries Bar in Venice, for whoever has been in Venice at the Aries Bar, by Cipriani. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, by Cipriani's. Now, is this the same restaurant that you actually
2: started at when you started at the Hotel Amsterdam? It's exactly the same, Roberto's. Same wow. Place. What, did it begin?
3: Yes. But renovated, by the way. It's not that 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yes, that's the one. Yeah. So for me, it's special, obviously, right? It's, absolutely. It reminds me a lot and it's something that. Again, we put a lot of effort in our outlets, so not only Roberto's, but also we have a fantastic garden terrace, our Half Moon Lounge bar, situated at the other side of the hotel, which is on the canal. So we have this fantastic garden with trees, a theatrical scene, because we switch steps looking at the water, which in the summertime for six months a year, it's really unique for both locals, but also for events, weddings. You can start by boat as well, or arrive by boat. So The hotel has really two faces, and we really like to give two different feelings to guests.
2: It really is a spectacular view back there, and being able to arrive after a day back on a boat to the hotel is just a very special thing. And I loved how wide and open it is, and you can sit and just relax, either enjoying the view or taking on some of the activities. Well, Alessio, thank you so much for your time today. Where can our listeners learn more about the hotel and you?
3: Well, obviously on all the channels, but what we are very active and I'm very active as well is on both, on all the various LinkedIn, Facebook, because we believe that we need to serve all types of people and Instagram and et cetera. So we are, you can find us.
2: Alessio, thank you so much for your time. We're excited to come back and visit you at the Hilton Amsterdam, such a beautiful place. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Have
3: a great day. Have a great day.
1: This episode is brought to you by AMI. Need help discovering that next destination for your group or meeting? Then go to AmericanMeetings.com and click on Destinations.
2: All right, welcome back everybody to Destination Everywhere Amsterdam. Now it's time for our destination favorites, places that we like to pick out and share with you, great places to be. And first thing we're gonna talk about is just biking the city, okay? You've got to do that when you're there. There's over 800,000 bikes in the city. There's actually more bikes than people. And it's just one of those cities that that's the way to see it. You can go from neighborhood to neighborhood, museum to museum. You can do it by yourself and just rent. There's tours,
0: but you've got to do it. It's a great way to take that jet lag out when you get there the first day. And another great spot to stop by, it's called the Ordan neighborhood or Jordan. And I know a lot of the Dutch names Are going to be difficult for, especially American travelers, to pronounce. But this used to be a working class neighborhood, but it's kind of evolved into cafes and bars and restaurants, boutiques. The Norder Market, it's a farmers market and flea market all in one, and it offers organic produce and antiques. And the neighborhood is also home to the must see, of course, the Anne Frank House, which everybody knows the story of Anne Frank from the stories growing up and in school, but. Just a wonderful neighborhood and absolutely beautiful.
2: So, Todd, what was your
0: experience when you went to the Anne Frank house? It helps kind of put it into context. It's a house. It's in the middle of a city. It's tall. It's unassuming. And you think about what the family went through, and it's quite scary. But again, you would walk right by it if you didn't know what you were looking for. And I think for some reason, I think I heard that the tree is no longer there that she refers to in the book. I think that was removed. But... Don't quote me on that. But it was just a time for a little bit of reflection. I think it was just a very sad time.
2: Yeah. And seeing the small place where she actually hid is really, really impactful. And not
0: just her. It was many of yeah. them Yeah, for a long period of time. But yeah, it's definitely a must-see. And it's one of those uh, never-forget moments. Absolutely. And our next
2: location is the Vestergas. I think I'm saying that correctly. It's an old industrial guys. complex created in 2003. That's been converted into bars and restaurants and an entertainment complex. You'll find food markets, galleries, and performance venues. It's just a lot of fun to go to. It's a great place to do a late afternoon and into the early evening. And we've got a tip for you. We want you to check out the Mussel and Gin. It's a restaurant that specializes in seafood and great gin and tonic, different types of
0: drinks. And then we're going to continue on to another museum. This is the Museum. And this is Amsterdam's most popular museum with collections going back over 800 years. And here you can see the works of many Dutch masters, Rembrandt, Vermeer, as well as works by van Gogh. The museum also houses a vast collection of European and Asian art. And in 2002, the museum opened a branch at the Amsterdam airport. So if you do have some extra time arriving or departing, go check it out. It was the first ever museum in an airport.
2: Oh, that's very, very cool. Now, something we talked about a lot on our Copenhagen episode was going through the canals. And it's much like that in Amsterdam as well. They're very similar in that case. And there's lots of different ways you can tour the canals. You can do a historic tour. You can do a wine and cheese tour. There's luxurious dinner cruises that you can do. There's even a pizza cruise and a light festival cruise. There's something for everybody. So we really want to encourage you to do that. It's a great thing to do with groups or family and friends and just another
0: wonderful way to see the city. I know the river cruises, again, that's one of those things, you see these huge flat boats going under the bridges and the clearance sometimes, it's just kind of spectacular to watch. They've got the timing down perfectly. I've seen in South Florida where we are that people don't get those clearances exactly at the right time, but- Yeah, that's for sure. They're beautiful boats on the canals. Um, Another thing, if if we want to talk about some shopping, yeah, The Nine Streets, and this is a shopping district with one-of-a-kind stores, cafes, galleries, and boutiques. It's so cool. so Very pedestrian-friendly. Yeah. Attracts a lot of locals as well. You can pretty much find anything in this neighborhood from vintage clothing to art, to antiques, and some of the best restaurants around. So definitely go check out the neighborhood Nine Streets.
2: So those are our destination favorites. There's so much to do in this wonderful city. We could have talked about it all day long, but we can't because we've got our next guest, this is Remy Orlemans. I'm going to be speaking to him about his restaurant, De Deli, which is a small, very unique restaurant, and we can't wait to share it with you. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to this episode of Destination Everywhere, Amsterdam. I'm Andy McNeil, and I'm here with Remy Orlemans, who is the owner of De Deli, which is a great shop in Amsterdam. Remy, I can't wait to hear not only about the Delhi, but first I want to start with you. So let's talk a little bit about how you got to Amsterdam, what your journey was there, what you've done in the past. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me here. I'm glad to share a little bit of the insight from this beautiful city to everybody. So for myself, I origin from the south of the Netherlands, Berg op Sol, this area. I did hotel school in Maastricht, which is one of the three hotel schools which we have here. Well, now there's a couple of more, but Maastricht is where I studied. And then I moved in 2010 to Amsterdam full time. So yeah, almost 12 years living here and enjoying this beautiful city and beautiful vibe. Yeah. And since 2016, I opened my own, well, back then it was a little restaurant and it changed over the last couple of years. So the name is The Deli and we are in a beautiful area in Amsterdam East. The Plantagebuurt, as it's said, so very special neighborhood in Amsterdam. Yeah.
2: Excellent. Hey, so, well, it looks just fantastic online. I haven't been and I can't wait to visit you next time I'm in. I'm in Amsterdam, but tell us a little bit about the experience people are going to have when they come into your restaurant.
4: Well, how I see it, I've been doing a lot of corporate work almost 20 years, which is a lot of energy always. And you're working with people, you're working with big companies and whatsoever. So I really feel that also a restaurant or a cafe or even the smallest coffee bar or street food even is always about this energy. And that's what we really try to put in everything, what we bring in the deli basically i believe also that people want to have a great experience which is not everywhere possible here in amsterdam so yeah we try to give this experience on a personal level on an energy level but also with the food we present and the type of dishes we do it's not that complicated but it's handmade homemade sourced with uh, really good suppliers and eclectic blend of what you can taste at the deli we also sell those products to take home actually so while you're having this experience at the deli, maybe you get inspired to cook for your friends or family, and then you bring that energy home and share it, you know? So yeah, it's a place of energy to share that with you on the spot, and you can take it home and yeah, to make a lot of people very happy. That's a little bit maybe the summarize of that. Yeah.
2: Excellent. So do you have a favorite item that you particularly like, or what are you guys known for?
4: Well, yesterday, it was a very busy day because also it was a lot of holidays, and we make our own sandwich pulled pork, and we have a green egg come grill. And it's for 16, 17 hours on that Kamado. Oh, wow. so that's definitely. That sounds wonderful. delicious. Yeah, we make our own barbecue sauce with black garlic. So people really are a fan of that. But we also serve a beautiful dish. It's a sandwich with rosemary manchego. And it's a manchego. On the outside, it has this lard with rosemary. And it won three, four times already gold in the international cheese competition. And it's with a mango chutney as well. And so it's a very strange wow. combination of flavors. Also, that one is quite, let's say, uh, famous. And of course, there's nothing on our menu, which I personally do not like. <laughs> I guess not, huh? Yeah. So, and the team also really stands behind what we do. And at the same time, we are in this situation where everything gets more and more expensive. But we want to give you this experience based on quality products, but for a very reasonable price where you really feel like, yes, this is where I would come back for. And in these times, it's so challenging right? at the same time to keep that level reasonable with all the price increases, et cetera, which we have to deal with. Yeah.
2: So let's move on to the neighborhood of where your restaurant is located. Tell us a little bit about the neighborhood. What's exactly around there? So when our listeners come by and visit you, what else can they do in that area?
4: Yeah. So the city center of Amsterdam, just behind me, I live on the Damrak, which is like the most busy place. By the Uh, way, beautiful backdrop, by the way. Yeah. The red light district is just behind me. And of course there's some uh, hidden uh, gems here, but the east area, which is between here and the Plantagebude. So the Plantagebude is just outside of this center part. And as you go, that small bridge, which leads into the Plantagebuurt, you will actually see the trees, you see more green, and, and you get this different kind of vibe once you enter there. And it's also because the first thing you will encounter almost is the Hortus Botanicus. It's our botanical garden, which is beautiful to visit. There's a lot of museum, museum which we have in the area. It has also a very dense history when it comes up to the war history. So there's a lot of history to discover there, resistance museum, etc. The zoo is just across the Delhi. So there's yeah, tell also- us a
2: little bit about that. I know a lot of, we have a lot of families that travel from our podcast. Tell us a little bit about the zoo and what makes it special.
4: Yeah, the zoo is like the city zoo vibe. So you have the tram, which you hear while you're in the middle of all the animals. And they really did a good job over the last couple of years to really improve all the facilities for the animals. Next to the zoo, there is also Micropia, which is basically, yeah, well, as the words say, a museum which only dives into this microbacteria spectrum. Beautiful, also with kids to spend time. And two months ago, they just opened the big museum, as it's called. It's about a connection between the human body and nature. Um, oh, wow. and they reused actually about 85% of all the old materials in that building, which is from uh, 1885. And this is all in a very historical, beautiful state, and it's very interactive as well. You could do a combination of the zoo, combine it with Micropia, combine it also with the big museum, and they even have this special combination ticket. So it's really uh, worth spending so yeah, And
2: stop by the deli as well, right? For
4: exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we are open from eight o'clock in the morning. So you can start with us. You can have an intermezzo, you know, with lunch. And maybe end the afternoon with a nice glass of wine and some rosemary manchego cheese. Who knows? <laughs> oh, that's great. Tell us a little bit
2: about the river and what people can do on the river. Well,
4: you mean Amstel River in Amsterdam? Or you yes. Mean the... Yeah, well, of course, the canals in Amsterdam. I mean, if you look at the amount of water we have here, it's beautiful to book little boat tours, of course, to explore them. I think there is the big boats are just behind me. Maybe you see them sometimes, but there's also a lot of smaller ones. And I would recommend to do that. And To book your, let's say, six to eight people boat tour, it's very good possible to do that for a reasonable price. From the 1st of December, the light festival will start and it's a route which goes through the canals and it's the whole month of December and January as well. And it will take you along the and You have all these light sculptures by artists and while you are on the boat, you can explore them. You can also do the tour while walking, but I think by boat. It gives a different vibe of the city. You are lower. So the street sites are higher. You have these beautiful views into the canal houses. And I would really do that. And especially in, in winter, it's, of course, awesome to be in these canals. You're a little bit outside of the wind. And in summer, I would recommend to do a little bit more tours outside of the canals as well. Because there's beautiful areas which you can explore and also swim outside of the city center. So uh yeah, is this uh, Is summer your favorite
2: time of year? Or do you have a special time of year that you like? or Do you just like all seasons there
4: well i like all seasons because i think every season has its charm i think the transition from one to the other is always we have to get used to so in the daily for example our windows and the whole facade can open up and now with the weather changing to 12 13 degrees we have to close everything and like this mental switch like ah okay but hey we make a beautiful terrace with some smart solutions without using gas heaters or so we still make it a cozy terrace for the winter time And in the city, uh, of course, the Christmas decorations are already out there now, which is quite early, I think. But it makes a beautiful city. And in the end, I think Amsterdam has a lot to offer also for the winter times.
2: Yeah, so I've never been to Amsterdam in in the winter. How much snow do you guys get typically?
4: Well, it it really depends. It's not that much over the last couple of years. But I think although last year we had like a week or so, and that's exceptional because uh, I think when it's snowing in the Netherlands, it's most of the time just for a day or two over the last couple of years at least. and hopefully. If it's starting to get cold again, we have ice skates. And one of the most beautiful things here is the ice skating on the canals. Nice. So if you really have a good winter, then this is a fantastic experience where the whole city will be on the canals ice skating. So also oh, wow. It pretty much transforms
2: the city, I'm sure.
4: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Do people actually commute via ice skate? I know they do that in Canada. They do that in Winnipeg, I believe. They actually shut down the rivers and then people actually use it like walking.
4: Yeah, no, here uh, it's really for entertaining purposes, I would say. And also the times that the canals are really frozen is so exceptional nowadays. So yeah, gotcha, is- gotcha. you commute mostly by bike, which is a very good tip. Also, when you visit Amsterdam to really look carefully before you cross any street, because the bikes normally don't really pay attention to who wants to cross the street. So especially with kids. You better look four times because it's crazy here. Yeah.
2: Well, that is a great local tip. And I agree with you. I've never seen so many bikes. Well, maybe in China, but you guys definitely rival them when it comes to the number of people that actually use bikes as a mode of transportation. Another a great way to see the city too, right? That you guys have some of the best laid out bike paths in Europe.
4: Yeah, true. And it's also very easy to rent bikes here in Amsterdam. And I would definitely recommend if you're a little bit, let's say, used to riding a bike, do it because it gets you from A to B really fast and you see a lot of beautiful parts. But of course, be careful. Yeah, so this is the trick. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll be, be burned by the locals otherwise.
2: <laughs> so when we were talking earlier, I'm just going back to you personally and your passion for your restaurant. But you also talked a little bit about something that you're now a breath coach, right? You actually can teach people how to use breathing to calm down, to enjoy life more. Tell us a little bit about that and how you got into it.
4: Yeah, so basically I was doing corporate events, as I said, for many years. So uh, I had my own events agency with two companions and we were in Asia, so in China and in Singapore, in Brazil, here in the Netherlands as well. And so we're doing a lot of international events and I was switched on for 24 hours per day, so to say, until a point where we decided, okay, this is too much to handle for us. So let's make a move. At least I felt this is time to make a move for myself. So we stopped doing the businesses back in 2016. And by the time, I really felt like I overused my energy resources a lot. The event business will definitely do that to you, for sure. Yeah, and it's really easy. And also here, you know, you keep on working. And I was flying a lot from China back to Brazil and in all these different time zones. Then, of course, in Amsterdam, I could not really find my peace because it was also hectic when I was here. So it was a good decision. And I found breath work, the Wim Hof method, probably a lot of people will know, which is basically not the best methodology when you are stressed out because it lets you breathe quite fast and rapidly. So I learned later on that there is a lot of different tools are much better to change your state of being because breath is the only way to influence your state of being, your nervous system. So it's like a gas pedal and a brake. I took a course almost three years with Gasper Vermeule and his team. The Breathwork Masterclass. And it learned me so much about it and also about how the human body is actually much better off when you are in this more relaxed, calm state. So you have really literally more space to create and more space to do things and also to bring that energy across to other people. So, yeah, that's been a big change since 2016. And I'm working now on the next steps where I will offer Breathwork sessions as well. So I'm really new in the field of really putting it out there, but it already gave me a lot of inspiration. For all the other work, what I do, for example, also in the deli, to be really focused and see what we can do to optimize people's state and look at that part. Yeah.
2: Now, Remy, you talked a little bit about bringing the positive energy of Breathworks into your restaurant, the deli. Tell us a little bit how you do that.
4: Yeah, I think the deli is a place where people should experience this positive energy. It's basically, for me, a hidden practice, I would almost say, because when people come to the deli, I can really see or feel what state they are. And maybe they don't need this coffee, but I can inspire them by serving them a beautiful raw cacao, which has great benefits for your body. has great nutritional value, but does not give you this jittery caffeine kind of state. And also with the foods we serve. So, yeah, I don't know if you know, but Manchego is a superfood, actually. So, yeah, we try to find those kind of things which can add something to your life rather than only give you... The sweet temptations are nice, but if you can balance it out by choosing some other options which actually benefit your state and your being, you know, it's great. And then if it tastes good, it's even better.
2: So you can go to the deli, you can get a great sandwich with a side of breathing exercises, huh?
4: Yeah, that would be a great recipe, actually, to put that on the menu. And a lot of time people really come in to just enjoy. And if you bring it in an unexpected way, you see people just leave our place with a big smile. So that's nice.
2: That's fantastic. So, now when our listeners are listening to this, and thank you for your time today, where can they find you online to learn more about the Delhi and you?
4: Well, first of all, the Instagram page, of course, the Delhi Plantage buurt. I'm pretty sure we can share some notes about that page. My personal Instagram is Remy Ulemans. You will find me there. LinkedIn is, of course, also the profile which I have to be in touch. And people who are interested in, for example, when they are here in Amsterdam to get some tips or whatsoever. I'm more than happy to help and. Even when people come to the Delhi, I always ask them, you know, do you have a plan? Do you know where to go? Because I want to give these inside tips and I want to share much as we can, because I love when I'm in a city somewhere that somebody gives me this one secret tip, which totally makes your trip awesome. You know, this is the best thing you can experience, I think, when you're traveling. Yeah. You want to enrich yourself with these beautiful things and not just go by standard books, say, ah, this is what everybody does. So this should be good
2: absolutely and i can't agree more you got to get to know a local to find all the great haunts and, and where to go and i'll make sure that we put all of those links in the show notes so people can reach out to you and stop by and have an award-winning sandwich so remy orlemans thank you so much for your time the owner of the deli in amsterdam make sure you look it up when you attend remy thanks for your time today
4: thank you too thank you so much hope to see you in amsterdam soon yeah absolutely take care all Right. Thank you.
0: So, Andy, that was a great conversation with Remy. What were some of the highlights that you took away when you were speaking with him?
2: Well, I mean, it was such a long interview, probably one of the longest interviews I've ever done here on the show. And so we actually couldn't actually put it all in. So he spent a lot of time talking about the different Christmas markets you can go to. And the wonderful life vessel they have and really spending now everything really revolves around the canals in Amsterdam. So if you're there in the winter, definitely check those out. But just really enjoy talking to Remy and hearing from a local. It makes a huge difference to talk to somebody who actually lives there and knows all the secrets.
0: Well, and another thing that we just have to mention this one flower because we're talking about Amsterdam, yeah. and it is the tulip. And you can go to a picking garden on Dam Square and pick tulips. Just so you know, they're absolutely beautiful. They come in all colors. And And probably the best time of year to do that is in the spring. They're (laughs) absolutely amazing when you see these things start to bloom. But a tulip day is actually a major event in Amsterdam. And it's actually January 21st. Oh, wow. It's early. Right. It fluctuates around that time in January. So it's the third Saturday of January every year. So excellent. Excellent. That, well, that wraps
2: it up community. for this episode of Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil.
0: And I'm Todd Bloodworth. And we'd like to thank our team. We have our copywriters, Luis Pedraza and Kim Jordan, Annie Fernandez, our creative director, Rusty McNeely and Luis Pedraza, our podcast producers, the Lightship Studio team. So also please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred podcast app or by going to www.destinationeverywhere.com. We look forward to speaking with you next time on Destination Everywhere. Safe travels.
1: You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit www.americanmeetings.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination until next time travel well and be safe out there.